And so happy, happy new year to you. Friends, as I was preparing this, I just, I just want to right up front just pray quickly. There were three verses that just dropped into my heart as I was just putting these notes down on paper. And I just want to pray these verses. There's a verse that says, friends, that we must not despise the day of small beginnings. There's a verse that says that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's a verse, friends, in Jeremiah that says, if you search for me, with all your heart, you will find me. And I don't know why, but as I was, as I began to literally begin to type these notes, those three verses just dropped into my heart. And so I would love just to take one minute to pray that if you don't mind. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that Father, there are new beginnings I firmly believe in store for all of us, Lord. And I pray this morning, Heavenly Father, that if us collectively or us individually this morning, Lord, are looking to start new things, because you are involved, they are good things. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would not, your word says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Whatever that might mean for you, for us collectively, I pray that you would see God in what is happening. I pray that you would see hope, that you would experience life, that it would not be a small beginning, but it would lead to a new thing, a new thing, a big thing, a God thing in your life. The word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's been a lot of tasting that we've been doing collectively and individually over this season. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we would be able to experientially, that was the, that was the phrase that I had, experientially, Father, experience your goodness, not just at an at a academic level, not just at a thought or a knowledge level, Father, but experientially, Heavenly Father, that our lives would testify of your goodness in this year. And then lastly, the word says, God says he's not hiding. Never been hidden. God says, if you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. And so I pray, I thank you, Lord, that you do not play hide and seek with us. Sometimes it does seem that way. But I thank you, Father, that you do not play hide and seek for us, Father. I pray, Lord, that individually once again and collectively as Outlook Church, we would be those people that seek our God that seek our God, that we look for your face, we look for your hand, we listen for your word. And I thank you that as we seek you with all our hearts, Heavenly Father, you reveal yourself to us in so many, many incredible ways. Let this be a year, Heavenly Father, where we experience you so much more than we did previously. Amen. Wonderful, friends. So this morning I want to do um, what I've just called a refresher preach. Um, so it's, it's, it's not going to be much of a new thing, although I trust that God will speak to you in a new way. But a refresher preach, friends, if you are involved in, in, with a corporate, if you're involved in business, if you're involved in work, you know, you go through your annual training programs. You have to have this training and that training, whether it's specific job specific or function specific training. And then what happens is the year that follows that, you do refresher training on the training that you had the year before. The purpose, friends, is just to bring to mind, bring to recollection again, refresh the hands, refresh, refresh the mind along what it was that we have learnt. And so this morning I want to do something of a refresher preach. And I believe, friends, that it's going to be a reminder, but also much, friends, 
of a director or a pointer, I believe, to what this year holds for us. So what are we going to refresh? Well, if you remember, go back just short of 12 months. Uh, we did that preaching journey called Gifted. Remember Gifted? We did it around about, well, it was around about February, March of 2022. Raise of hands. Who, who was here when we did 12 months ago, we did the Gifted series? Keep your hands up. Yeah, we all did it. Remember, we are, we aligned everything that is Outlook Church, all our connect groups, all our Sunday services, the worship, the prayer meetings, everything was, deli- was directed towards a specific theme. Who can recall what that theme was? Not the front row. Ignore the front row. Who can recall what that theme was? Okay, well, it's in the title. (laughs) Hello? That we have gifts. 100% that we have gifts, friends. That we have, if you remember, um, uh, Steve that took us through that he referred to them as superpowers. That we have supernatural superpowers that God has gifted every single one of us. Every single one of us, you included. You are not excluded. That God has gifted us with these superpowers, friends. We aligned the whole church around this theme that we have a gift. Do you know what it is? Romans 12, verse 6 to 8, it tells us this, and this was the core text. This was where everything came from. Romans 12, verse 6 to 8 says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts, I love this, for doing things well. I'm reading from the NLT. One day I will change my Bible again, and then I'll probably read from another version. But at the moment, from the NLT, it says, God has given us different gifts for doing things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, gift number one, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If God has given you the gift of serving, serve well, gift number two. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging, Outlook Church. If it is giving, gift number five, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously, gift number six. And then finally, gift number seven, friends, if God has given you the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And so if you remember, we did a six or a seven or I think it was an eight week journey. I can't remember exactly how many weeks it was, but we, we were, we were shown from the Bible that we have been given these grace gifts available to each and every one of us, friends. I want to refresh us this morning on exactly that. I'm not going to re-preach six weeks of, ser- of, of, of sermons in one sermon. I'll never be able to do that. If you want that, I'm pretty sure that there are still manuals around. I'm pretty sure there are still resources around that we could um, uh, 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 give to you for you to go and do that if you never did that gift or sorry, that journey with us last year. Incredible, incredibly powerful, incredibly equipping, friends. But this morning, what I want to have a look at, friends, is there's two parts to this. Is well, why are these gifts important? And then I want to look at a second part where God challenged me this week in terms of just what God has gifted me with. What is my responsibility in that? And so, won't you pray with me?
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the journey that you have us on as Outlook Church, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the journey that we are on as individuals. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would remind us of what it is that you have gifted us with. But I pray so much more than just being reminded. I pray, Father, that we would be activated this morning. Activated once again. There is so much, Lord, that this year holds for us. There is so much that you have planned. There is so much that you have purposed, Lord, that you have promised us. But, Father, it requires us to bring our part. And so I pray this morning that we would be activated. And I do pray again, like I did last time. If you know me, I tend to sweat quite a bit. It's really warm on this stage. (laughs) And so I pray, Holy Spirit, would you help me to share your word with conviction but with ease this morning? I pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So friends, why is it important that we are reminded of these gifts, these superpowers that God has placed, and I say this, within Outlook Church? These gifts are already in the church. These are not gifts that we go looking for. These gifts are already been gifted to Outlook Church. They're already in Outlook Church because you are already in Outlook Church, friends. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Honestly, there are a lot of reasons. You can go and find a dime a dozen throughout the Bible of why God wants you to be part of what he is doing. So I just want to pull out three reasons why I believe that God emphasizes the importance of these gifts. Point number one, friends. Jesus embodied himself in his person here on earth, sent from heaven with a mandate, with a ministry. These gifts Jesus embodied in his ministry, friends. But guess what Jesus did? Is he returned to heaven? And his instruction and his encouragement and his mandate to us was to do what? To continue the ministry of Jesus, friends. And so if Jesus needed these gifts, if he was equipped with these gifts to be able to outwork the purposes of his father, how much more, friends, do we need those exact same gifts to continue the ministry of Jesus here on earth until he returns one day? There is no ways, friends, that outside of these gifts we will be able to fulfill the mandate that the father has given us as the church. There is no ways, friends, in our cleverness and our ability, and as much as you are studied and you are degreed, will you be able to, friends, fulfill God's mandate outside of being able to use, activate, and practice these gifts, friends. Jesus said in Matthew 28, and we know the words well, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28 verse 20, he said, teach these disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you, friends. The practices, the things that Jesus was doing, those are the things that we need to continue to be doing, friends, to fulfill the mandate that Jesus gave us. He needed the gifts. How much more, friends? Do we need the gifts? In actual, in actual fact, when Jesus left, he understood, the Father understood how much we needed these gifts. And so he gave us the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. 
In Acts 1 verse 8, once again, Jesus says this. He instructs us. He says, wait until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. With that, Acts 1 verse 8, it says, you will be my witnesses. Witnesses of what, friends? Well, fundamentally, witnesses of Jesus, right? But if we're going to continue to be or continue the ministry that Jesus started, that he asks us to now continue, we need to be witnesses, friends, of one, God's love, and two, the good news. If we want to continue, friends, with the mandate that we as the church have been given, the baton that has been passed, friends, it will be outworked, friends, through the gifts in the, in the church, at, at, at work in the church. We'll get you some scriptures that will back that up. All I'm saying, friends, is why is it important if Jesus needed these gifts to be able to fulfill and, 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 and you know, fulfill his ministry? How much more, friends, you and I, do we need these gifts to be at work in our lives? Secondly, if there's a work to be completed, guess what? It's not going to be done as individuals. It's going to be done in our togetherness. It's going to be done as a team. It's going to be done, friends, as the church. Yes, each person has a role, but fundamentally, friends, we cross the line as the church. In other words, we need each other. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 that the church is made up of one body, right? There is one body. He uses the language that everyone can understand because right now you are in something called a body. And your body is made up. You have one body, but you have many Parts to that body. So to the church, friends. There is one body collectively here, known as Outlook Church, and in Pangani, known as Solid Ground, across uh, across in Shatuzi, known as various under various names, under various banners. But we are all one body under one head, who is Christ. And if you go and read one Corinthians twelve, it tells us, friends, it says that the hand cannot tell the foot, "I don't need you." The left hand cannot tell the right hand, I don't need you. The eye cannot tell the nose, I don't need you. The implication, friends, is that we need each other. We need the gifts that are in each one of us to come to the fore. It's not just a single gift at work in the body as much as it's not just one part at work in the body. The body functions because all the parts are functioning. We need every gift, friends, that is in Outlook Church already here to be activated and to be released. We need each other, friends. And then lastly, in completing the work, friends, We also mature as the body. You know, I've I've had this thought often. We know that Jesus is returning one day soon, right? There's going to be the owl. And there's going to be Jesus as the groom. Because we know the language. We understand the picture. We've all been to a wedding. 
where there's a bride and there's a groom. And there's the groom Jesus at the front with his back turned, waiting, anticipating, looking forward to the moment when he turns around to see the bride walking down the aisle. The day that the bride and the groom are reunited once again. And this picture that I have, friends, in my mind is that Jesus turns around and the bride that he sees is a child bride. A child bride. A bride that is nine years old. Ten years old. Thirteen years old. Pick an age. But the bride is a child bride. It's not a mature bride. And scripture exhorts us, friends, that if we as the church are going to walk into the fullness of who the church is and what the church needs to do, we need to mature, friends. Read with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave the church. So let me just stop there quickly. Scripture refers to three different sets of gifts. There's the Romans 12 gifts, which are the gifts that the Father gives. Then there are the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts, the gifts that the Spirit gives. And then there are the Ephesians 4 gifts, friends, the gifts that Jesus gives. They are not different things, but have different roles. We're not going to look into that now. Go and read about that. Maybe we can have a conversation around that at some point. Ephesians 4 is speaking about the gifts, friends, that Christ gives the church. These are the gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Referred to as the fivefold ministry. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. Okay, remember coming back to Jesus was at work. He wasn't here on a trip, a vacation holiday. He didn't leave heaven, friends, to go and spend two weeks at Transcar. No, you know, come down to earth to return to earth to, to heaven one day and be able to talk about his two weeks down on earth. No, he came with a mandate, friends. He came with something to do, with stuff to accomplish, Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. Whose work? God's work. Ultimately, yes, we work, but ultimately in our work and through our work, we do His work. And build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, here it is, so that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Ephesians 4.16. Speaking about he, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Once again, the gift mixed in Outlook Church is not random. It is not by coincidence. You are not here because of a random decision. God purposed. Jesus directed you to be here. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Once again, the emphasis, we are to continue the ministry that Jesus started. The work that he started through the gifts, we are to continue the work in this church called Outlook Church. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. 
so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen? Outlook Church. Do we want to be healthy? Do we want to be growing? And do we want to be full of love? Heibor. Let me ask that question again. Do we want to be fit? Do we want to be healthy? And do we want to be full of love? Yes, we do. So then come and listen to Brent preach every Sunday. Is that what the Bible says? Brent's good, friends, but he's not that good. Honestly. The Bible says, friends, that we come to maturity, we come to full health, to full full. Uh, comprehension, not apprehension, comprehension of love, when each part does its work. And how does each part do its, how does each part do its work? Well, God's already gifted you in Zuzo. The ability to do God's work, He's put it inside of you. All He wants to do is He wants to reveal it to you and pull it out of you. As you stick up your hand and say, you know what God, I'm availing myself, I'm making myself available for this. Thank you, Godfrey. You understand, friends, why if we look at this and we look at the year ahead, how this all of a sudden falls into place. If we want to look back as a church saying that 2023 was a year of fulfillment. It was a year where we started things. It's a year where we ended things. It's a year that we, in our understanding, would describe as being a success, friends. It comes down to the church fulfilling its part, each and every one of us. And you can. And we need each other. And God is going to do this. You see, friends, the Preen family, and I'm sure we're not the only family, We have this mad dash at the end of December because we have a certain medical aid that requires you to have this thing called a vitality status. Have you got that that whip that drives you? What is your vitality status? Thank you. I won't tell you what we are. We were diamond, I will say that much. Not this year, unfortunately. But the point is, friends, is that at the end of the year, the Preen family runs around like headless freaking chickens doing health tests, doing physical tests where we've got to test our fitness, we've got to test our flexibility, we've got to test our strength, we've got to complete questionnaires, we've got to submit questionnaires, we've got to go for all sorts of checks around blood pressure and sugar and cholesterol and all these things, and you plug it all into this program, and guess what it does? It tells you your vitality age. And it lies every single year. It lies every... That is not my age. Get behind me, Satan. I'm sure you feel my pain as well. Don't worry. I'm not alone in this. I know. Can you imagine, friends, if Outlook Church had its vitality age. Or cook. If we plugged in how activated we were, according to the gifts, according to activating the gift, according to using the gift, according to loving through my gift, serving through my gift, 
I asked God this question. And he said, let's talk about it. I asked him, I said, what is Outlook's vitality age according to biblical measurement? If this medical aid has come up with this program and this whole, whatever you want to call it, that spits out at the end of this, all this random bit of information and it tells you, you are this age. If we had to use the biblical measurement, friends, of what I'm talking about this morning, what would Outlook's biblical age, oh, sorry, what would our age be, our vitality age? If we were to represent, friends, the bride of Christ, and let this sink home for you, because this is how serious it is. If we here had to represent the bride of Christ, and Jesus was standing at the front of the church, and Outlook Church, the bride, was walking down the aisle to meet the groom, what type of a bride would we be? A bride, fully matured? As we understand, a church to be fully matured? Or friends, would we be the child bride walking down the aisle? Earlier this week, like I said, I was having these conversations with God. Firstly about me. If I represented the bride, what type of a bride would I be presenting to the groom of all grooms? If we as Outlook Church were representative of the bride of Christ, what type of a bride would we be presenting to the groom of all grooms? I know what God spoke to me about. I trust God speaking to you even right now. I trust that God is speaking to us friends as Outlook Church around this thing. You see, friends, and time is short, so I'm going to have to wrap this up quickly. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 to 7. This is the verse I read earlier this week. Paul writing to his protege, Timothy. Paul in prison, about to, 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 to die. He was about to die at this point. He writes to Timothy. He says, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith that continues strong in you. And this is what I felt God remind me, challenge me on, encourage me on. And this is what I want to remind you. I want to challenge you on and I want to encourage you on. Fan into flame. The spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Fan into flame. You see, friends, the question is not have you or have you not been given a gift. The question here is how well are you fanning the flame? Is your flame a roaring fire that is on fire? That has set you alight, that is setting your household alight, that is setting your workplace alight, that is setting the church alight, is your flame, friends, this little thing that's flickering, that's barely making itself known. I encourage you this year, Outlook Church, fan into flames, it says, multiple flames. 
the gift that God has given you. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4 categorically tells us, friends, we have been given a gift. But not only have we been given a gift, we've been given a responsibility. What are we going to do with the gifts that are within Outlook Church? So just quickly, how do we fan? If we are called to fan into flame, friends, how do we fan these gifts into flame? Well, once again, there are the list is as long as my arm if you wanted to actually go and be really particular about it. But I just want to pull out maybe two, maybe three, maybe four as I just go through these. First and foremost, it's really obvious, friends. The gift needs to be unwrapped, the gift needs to be revealed, and the gift needs to be used. If you have a gift, it is no good that that gift remains unwrapped in your life, friends. And the question is not whether you do or don't have a gift, Mike. The question is, have you unwrapped that gift? Are you using the gift? If we want to continue the analogy of a fire, friends, you make a shisi inyama fire, you make a braai fire, not by leaving the coal in the bag. You take the ingredients and you assimilate it, you put it together, and you light it, friends. If you leave the coal in the bag and the blitz in the in the box and the and the matches in the third drawer in the kitchen, and you say, "I want a fire." Guess what's going to happen? Jack squat is going to happen. You've actually got to go and fetch these things. You've got to take it out of the packaging. You've got to unwrap it. You've got to pull it together. And you've got to light it. It's no different, friends, with the gift that God has given you and I. Secondly, we keep the gift ablaze by keeping our lives engulfed. We keep the gift ablaze by keeping our lives engulfed. Engulfed in what is the question? Because if you're anything like me, your life quickly becomes engulfed. But it engulfed, it becomes engulfed by all the wrong things. Busyness. Your emotional energy. By so many things, our lives, we allow our lives to become engulfed by friends. We keep the gift ablaze by becoming engulfed, friends, in the love of the Father. We pursue an understanding of the love of God. And guess what happens? Our lives get set alight, friends. The father understood this when he wrote in Revelations to the church in Ephesus, I think it was. Where he said, I've seen all these things that you do. Wonderful things. You're busy. You're engulfed. Well done. But I have this against you. You've forsaken your first love. If we want to pursue, friends, a a fanning of the flame... A fanning of the gift. We pursue an understanding of the, lo- of, of, of the knowledge of the love of God. We fall in love again, if need be, all over again with the Father. Because when we were at that place, friends, cast your mind back. 
There was nothing that was impossible. There was nothing that you wouldn't do. There's nothing that you wouldn't say because you had all of a sudden discovered, discovered the supernatural love of Jesus. John writes, he says, go back to that place. Go back to that place. In Galatians 3 verse 3, the writer, I think it's Paul, he writes, he says, How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect through human effort? I'm putting my hand up and saying, I've tried human effort, friends. And human effort has led, has led to lukewarm Christianity. What I've had to do is come back to the Father, find the love of the Father, settle in the love of the Father, grow in the revelation and the understanding of the love of the Father. And as I make that my priority, friends, guess what happens? On this side of the equation, all of a sudden, life returns. Life returns. You feel like you're invigorated. It feels like you're energized. There is zeal that returns, friends. All of a sudden, fires start breaking out in areas of your life where you have desired and yearned for them. Not by pursuing that, but by putting yourself back under an understanding of the love of God. Just two other things quickly. Just one practical. Find other, I don't want to say like-minded people, because I don't want to be associated with like-minded people. I want to be associated with like-gifted people. I want to be associated, friends, with a church that has fanned into flame the gift of the church that has expressed itself in its diversity. That's what I want to be associated with, like gifted people. I understand what my top three gifts are. I know what they are. And I've recommitted to pursuing and growing. But I want to be associated, friends, with a church that understands that there is beauty in giftedness and to be associated with like-gifted people. And then lastly, how do we fan into flame? Well, friends, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, it tells us, if I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be zero. Nix luto. If I gave all I have away to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing, friends. Friends, if we have the right fuel, we will have the right flame. If we have the right fuel, we will have the right flame, friends. Love for others needs to fuel and motivate our lives because it fueled and motivated 
Jesus' life. Won't you stand, please? I just want to read my conclusion to you. Guys, there is so much that God has promised Outlook Church. So much that he has spoken over her. God has so much business that he wants to do and so much that he wants to accomplish in and around this city, in and around this region, in and around this province, and in and around this country. But he wants to do it with us. He has positioned us, he has equipped us, he has gifted us, and he continually invites us. What will our response be? Will we be those who are flammable? Or will we be those that are not? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that... Your word goes to work, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 4. And I pray that your word is working this morning in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that your the work that your word starts, it will complete, and that there will be an incredible fruitfulness from the work that your word does, your word. And ultimately, would that work bring glory to your son Jesus in our lives and in this church, we pray. Amen. Amen.